Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Politics and warfare can um, make for great friendships, and I've uh, developed one I'm very happy to have with uh, David Rioboy. He is a uh, national security and uh, political uh, expert and consultant. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dave, R-E-A-B-O-I. David, um, you had some really interesting tweets over the weekend that... I really appreciated and wanted to talk to you about. You're a man of political strategy. You're also a man of ideas. I suppose that's why we're kindred spirits in so many respects. And I wanted to talk to you about those first, uh, talk to you about those tweets having to do with conspiracies. But before we go there, um, it would be an affectation not to address the major political news in front of us, which is that Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, has tweeted out that the GSA should begin taking the initial steps and protocols for transitions. Yes, sir? Right. Hey, it's, it's great to be with you. Thank and, you. And thank you. Thank you very much for, you know, thank you for uh, your friendship and for everything um, that, that you've said. Um, in regards to to what happened tonight, I mean, you know, we all wanted uh, we all wanted Donald Trump to fight. Um, the problem, though, is that when you say fight, you can mean it in the abstract sense, but really, when it comes down to it, it's always in the very specific sense. So this this, this woman Emily, who's running GSA, um, uh, she got a job that she probably believed would entail not doing very much. Right. Right. And all, right. all of a sudden, right. she's hated by half the country. Right. She's getting death threats. She, you know, I mean, she's yeah. like, you know, in, in the scheme of the 5,000 political appointees when, you know, in, in D.C., when, uh, when a new president comes in, the head of GSA is like the sleepy one that nobody cares about. Right. And, 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 and all of a sudden, this person had their life upended. So it, it's not a matter of, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all fine and good to say, you know, we need to fight and we need to, uh, you know, never give up and, and, and all this stuff. If we're, you know, we're tweeters, we're keyboard warriors, um, you know, or, or even, if, even if we're on the president's team, you cannot necessarily control every event and you can't control every actor. And things like this, you know, things like this happen. And, you know, I'm not sure that I, I blame her. She didn't, you know, she didn't choose to, you know, to stand up for this. At the end of the day, it was the president's choice. Um, I do think, you know, if, if uh, you know, if, if we're going to be honest here, I do think this, this, this indicates that, you know, there's going to be some, um, you know, some acceptance of, uh, of, of, of what happened. Um, as, as the you know the, the chance of overturning this is really kind of um, you know dwindling down in terms of uh, in terms of pathways. I think um, that's you know. right, and I thought it would be this week, frankly. Uh, and maybe there's been a two-step process: three and four and five coming. One was perhaps the removing of Sidney Powell from the legal team, 
and then now maybe today this statement by President Trump. Um, we're in we're in perfectly good conservative company in in a, in a, in understanding this. Rush Limbaugh did an interview earlier today where he said you just can't promise blockbuster results and not give blockbuster evidence and results. You just can't. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. Um, I, I think that's true. And look, to be clear, um, to be clear, I do think that there was massive fraud, sure. and I do think, I do think that um, that there was enough fraud to turn the vote. I think there are plenty of um, of shenanigans that went on in in um, in Democrat cities, Democrat, you know, corrupt uh, uh, Democrat uh, strongholds like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and. And you know, in in Michigan and uh, in other places, enough to change the vote. I absolutely believe that. I think they showed up in the middle of the night with with, with ballots. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's really a hard thing to prove. And if we're going to be um, if we're going to be real here, we need to think through what you know what what the real legal remedies are. Number one, and then we also need to think about what political actors. Um, like judges and like state legislators are are apt to do, and if you consider both of these things, you see that the hurdle is really, really, really high. And um, I think it's been dawning on some folks that uh, that the hurdle is too high. I was um, thinking about okay. I remember after Katrina, everyone was had these plans on how best to rebuild New Orleans. And maybe the only thing I ever saw from David Brooks that I agreed with, um, he had a three-word answer. And his answer was, never like before. I think we need need to have that mindset going into the prophylaxis we need for elections going forward that we just weren't ready for. I had Brandon Weikert on earlier, and I was saying, you know, Bill Barr warned – in September 2nd, that we were playing with fire. That was two months to do something. Something didn't get done. And, and Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, look, everybody knew what, 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 what was going to happen here. If there was going to be fraud, and we knew that there was going to be fraud, and we also knew where it would be, because it had to be in the places where, well, like it had to be in Pennsylvania somewhere, and if it's anywhere in Pennsylvania, then it's in Philadelphia. Right. Because right. that's where they could come up with the vote. Right. It didn't take a brain surgeon to figure out where you need to 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 put resources before the fact. Right. And if they say, "Oh, well, we stopped counting the votes, and then we dismissed the Republican poll watchers," why weren't there fifty poll watchers? Right. Why did the poll watchers leave? I mean, like, you know, that's that's when you fight. Yes, absolutely. And you can, under the 14th and 15th Amendment, dispatch federal agents to oversee these things. Right. Exactly. So, so, I mean, there was there was there was a um, there was a lack of willingness to do anything at that point, you know, and um, and then sort of uh, the the other thing that you alluded to on the, you know, on the on the kind of conspiracy point. Yeah, I wanted to get to that. That's that's really what I want most from you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I got into some trouble on Twitter this um, you know the last several days because uh, I've just been noticing that folks who are, especially folks who are in the QAnon world, in which, frankly, um, attorneys Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell are firmly in that 
in that universe um, are are just kind of increasingly um, putting out not only unsubstantiated claims. I mean, that's one thing you can you can you can make unsubstantiated um, uh, claims that are not totally debunked already, mm-hmm. but they've they've just been putting they've just been putting out. Um, Kind of nonsense about hammer and scorecard and and you know a, a raid in Germany and all this stuff and building an elaborate um, building a, an elaborate case that by its very nature cannot be adjudicated in an election case. Right. On top and, of which, I have to tell you, yeah. I was shocked to see Lynn Wood telling people to hold back their support of the Georgia Republican senator candidates. I just that blew me away. Right. That blew me away. Yeah, it makes it makes little sense because even if you despise the GOP, yeah, let's say let's say you're a Q person and you and you think that somehow Trump is going to end up victorious. Okay, why would you want to give him, you know, why would you want to give him a a Democrat a Democrat Congress to work with? Right, right. That like does that make anything um, better for us? Now, getting to 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 the point, I think about conspiracies is. Is they don't even think this through because they don't because conspiracy theories are the enemy of ideas, right? And right, and the the enemy of kind of political philosophy or even policy or things like that. Because I mean, some of us who care about this stuff and have been in this industry for for you know decades or um, or more, the basic premise of all of our work is. We want to show that ideas are the things that motivate people to, to do things. You know, the Soviet Union was bad not because it was a country on the other side of the world. It was bad because it had bad ideas, and those bad ideas stemmed from ideas about human nature and how, you know, how a society should be run. Yeah, the immiseration uh, of human nature actually does matter, especially with a global intent or a universalist or millenarian intent. Let me come back to you on that on the other side of the break, if that's okay, Dave. You can stay a little sure. bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, some of us, yeah, I, I think the, the notion of giving up on the war of ideas is the last notion we should embrace right now, especially seeing what good ideas we could implement over the last four years and what difference they did make. I'm Seth Liebson. He's David Riaboy. Follow him on Twitter, at Dave Reaboy, R-E-A-B-O-I. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have uh, strategist David Reaboy with his political strategist, geopolitical strategist as well. And uh, we're talking about a series of interesting Thoughts he was putting out on Twitter over the weekend, um, David, you were talking about conspiracy theories and how they are the enemy of the battle of ideas. We in the conservative movement, a lot of us, have engaged in the battle of ideas because we think that's where the battle is best fought and won. In the 60s, prominent Colombian professor named Richard Hofstadter wrote about the the paranoid style of American politics, blaming conservatives, blaming the Goldwater movement for injecting paranoia into the slipstream of our political conversations. He got it totally upside down and totally wrong and totally backwards. And I can go into any number of examples. But frankly, we have to 
as I like to say, be interested in political philosophy because it's interested in us. And I give you the modern day Marxist neo-socialist movement of the left today. And if we don't fight it, we'll lose it. But what say you? I agree. It's it's funny. I in um, for some reason, I, I uh, for some reason I first encountered that book um, in the classroom in in my eighth grade. Yeah, I think it was my my seventh or eighth grade class. It was you know an old dusty book that was sitting there, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, I pick, and I picked it up, and it was one of the first things that. Um, um, that, that I read on all of this. By yeah. then, I was always, you know, I was already reading National Review, so I, I was already looking askance at the, at the thesis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, um, at, at the end of the day, we need to um, we need to realize that, that that you know, yes, kind of conspiracies, meaning you know, large numbers of you know, num- which, which means people coming together to do a thing, an agreed upon thing, whatever that is. You know, these things actually exist, but if we're talking about huge conspiracies entailing hundreds or thousands of people, potentially, um, we have to say, well, maybe they're not doing it just because they're bad. You know, it's not the forces of evil versus the forces of good. They're necessarily, we can judge them later to be evil or good. But these people understand themselves as on an ideological mission of some kind. In the same way that, you know, people say, you know, George Soros is, is the, um, you know, features in a lot of, um, you know, what the left says, the, the right engages in Soros conspiracies. Well, right. Soros is, engages in them because he is a committed leftist. Right. Who put, you know, who, <laughs> he's a committed Who committed has a lot of money. He's a committed leftist who has a lot of right. money, as it turns out. Right. 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 Who, who's, who's got a worldview? Right. Now, so, sort of drawing this to um, drawing this to, to kind of recent events, um, I think a lot of people have gotten caught up in um, in, in the idea that um, you know, sort of the the deep state is our only enemy, and the deep state ends up, you know, as, as the conspiracy spins itself out, the deep state really has no characteristics other than, you know, CIA and FBI and whatever. And, you know, it's not a collection of people that do what they do for ideological reasons. It's just because they're bad. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking like that, you end up not being able to understand what's happening. And eventually, if you don't understand why they're motivated, you can't tell the difference between a friend and and, and an enemy. You can't tell the difference between someone with whom you may have a tactical disagreement with or someone who is, you know, who is who's actually, you know, an enemy who doesn't at all share your your worldview. And um, and in politics, it's really hard. You know, I'm concerned that when when folks are obsessing over things like, you know, the Kraken, and um, you know, and sort of the, the, the coming, um, you know, eschaton when uh, when you know with the Great Awakening, what you know, what Q would what the Q people would say, the Great Awakening, when people are, are, you know, all the all the bad guys are sent to jail, etc. I mean, all that is a nice, comforting thing, but it has nothing to do with policy. It has nothing to do with immigration. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, with, with, with borders, with trade, with war, with, with really with anything that, you know, that, that Donald Trump, frankly, won on. And, uh, and I'm concerned that as this thing gets deeper and people go deeper and deeper into this, um, 
you know, into this uh, into this rabbit hole, these these issues that we really care about. I mean, that's really that's why we're here, right? Yeah. I mean, if we want to save if we want to save America, that means something. That means that means we want to do something, you know, policy wise, and policy wise based on our, our our political philosophy. You know, we have an understanding, we have an idea of how we want to orient uh, government policy and and you know social policy. Um, you know, with regards to to our citizens, you know, we're we're against lockdowns. We're, you know, it's all, all of these things, and the conspiracy theories end up telling us nothing about that, and end up not helping us at all advance some of those, you know, policy ends. So um, now there you know, comes it, there it, comes it, an interesting angle to this, which um, and and I agree with everything you said, and you said it well. There comes an interesting angle, and I'll have an occasional listener or emailer, as I know you will, say this. Okay, but when we when do we ever really, really win on our ideas? We get these short bursts and starts or fits and starts, and it's just so darned hard. Well, I'd love your answer. I'll tell you what mine is, and my, my answer is that it's because conservatives have misunderstood the cultural battles for, for so long that when you look at what we're up against, we churn out 8 million graduates every year from our high schools and colleges, 80% of whom are steeped in anti-American leftism. We have a Hollywood and a media which is further left than, um, than, which is further left than, than, uh, than Wolf Blitzer. Uh, we have C- corporate C-suites, institutions, museums, and professional athletics that uh, have more are more in line with Colin Kaepernick than Roger Staubach. And you consider all this for a moment, and 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 you think maybe it's a dang miracle a Republican is ever elected ever. You know, we have to go back into that part of the world if we're going to have sustained wins. That's my long-winded answer, David. I wonder what yours is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, maybe I have a, maybe I have a more pessimistic view. Yeah, me. <laughs> that, that would be hard, but okay. No, no. I mean, I, I would, I would say. Here's I what I got to do. It's a big question, and, and you've got something smart to say. I can tell, but I have to take a commercial break. Will you hold the thought and come back with it? Will you blow us away on the other? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be right back with David Riovoy. I'm Seth Leaps, and he's David. We're at six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Political strategic consultant and thinker, David. So I throw through that question at you um, unfairly right before the break, and I wonder if you might un- unravel it a little for us. The question of, okay, but when we do win on ideas, and Trump ran on several in 2016, it's a hard battle. We don't win very much. It's always a fight. It's always a struggle, and somehow or other, it's never that long lasting. That's kind of the. That's kind of the problem we face. I gave you my answer. I wonder what yours would be. Right. Um, yeah. Look, my answer, as I said, was was a little more pessimistic on one hand, but optimistic on the other. Okay. Um, uh, I think that we need to abandon all of these institutions. Um, taking them back, in my mind, really doesn't mean anything because because I think we never really controlled them in the first place. Okay. Um, we need then to build alternate institutions. So rather than have one Hillsdale, there should be 15 Hillsdales. 
rather than, you know, su- support rather than have, um, you know, 10, 10 large websites like Federalist and Daily Wire and, <laughs> and, and whatever. Yeah, where do we I go to first, right? Right. Right. We need, we need to have 100. Right. Um, you know, then the other thing we need to do, recognizing our situation, frankly, is to build local. And what I mean by that is state or state-focused uh, policy groups and, um, and get more involved on the state level. Because I'll, I'll tell you, what's coming now for the next four years is going to be an unprecedented assault on governors and legislatures in red states. Yep. Everything that DeSantis does that is good, they're going to come down hard on him. Yep. On. They're going to force him to accept all kinds of different nonsense. Um, of course, they will do this in every state, in purple states, and et cetera. But I think the really important thing is to make sure that these red states stand firm and stand up to them. Um, that means, you know, that means showing up in in, in small um, in small races when, that that kind of don't seem to matter in, um, in in state legislatures. That means creating more relationships and getting to know who's your who your local um, leaders and who your local activists are. Um, that means, for example, you know, for, for me here in, in, in South Florida, in Dade County, that means making sure that um, that uh, Hispanics here continue to hate socialism and yep. hate communism. Right. Um, you know, that means letting, you know, educating the public on exactly what, um, you know, what, what the government is doing that is terrible. And uh, and how to fight back. Um, so it's uh, you know I think I think we need to recognize that we lost the kind of main institutions uh, in this country irrevocably. And rather than fight for you know hey let's let's fight for another slot in the New York Times uh, op-ed page which we're never going to get. Um, we just need to we need to build our own uh, number one, and then we need to completely delegitimize the institutions of our enemy you know it's not a it's not a more pessimistic yeah yeah, you're right it's pessimistic than optimistic but only pessimistic in the sense that i i agree with you on that um i i right i don't think we can go back into harvard and fix it i i think we have to build 10 hillsdales i agree with you on that i think the task is not is not to drain swamps, but to irrigate forests, uh, as someone smarter than me once put it. I, I truly do, with one exception, which I think is is perhaps the hardest one, actually, and that is the public education system. Yes, I would love to see our movement sprout 100,000 more charter schools, and we have some great ones in Arizona. I love the Great Hearts, for example. If we could do more of that, Fine. But I still think we have to recognize that there is a large block of students that will be moved through our public education system that can't get the advantages of a homeschool or a charter or a private. But the optimistic thing there is they are governed by elections. These small elections matter, school board elections. I want our people running for school board. If we don't think small elections matter, I can show you a state legislative Senate race in Illinois circa 2004. You know? Right. Right. David, you've been great. I love visiting with you. you. I really do. Godspeed to you. We'll talk soon. Stay well. God bless you. David Ria Boy, folks. You can follow him on Twitter. Great Twitter feed. At Dave Ria Boy, R-E-A-B-O-I.
602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Renee is in Phoenix. Hi, Renee. Hey, Seth. Oh. Um, yeah, I was talking about your subject that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, since I've been kind of political conscious for about only 20 years, one of the realizations was that society, culturally, we've only gotten more liberal. But yet the woes of our society seem to only be increasing. And nobody seems to be talking about some of that causality of growing homelessness, addiction, overdoses, uh, you know, kid act, you know, the kids acting out in school, the lower graduation rates, all of that. But yet we keep on just moving further, you know, less and less, losing our conservative values. And nobody seems to be trying to draw that causality of, you know, maybe we need to try to looking at so what you're saying is if you want a model of what not to do if you want a model of failure look at detroit look at seattle look at san francisco right look at some of these right look at seattle did i say seattle look at some of these major once beautiful cities and what leftist ideas have done to them yeah, and they just they destroy it, and it spreads, right? And, and yes. it just, it's amazing to me, again, most recently in Arizona, with the passions of 207, it's like seeing the massive homelessness and the black market growth in Colorado, the, the lowering and plummeting graduation rate, the amount of high school usage, you know, jumping in, in of marijuana usage in, in high school. It, but yet we look and say, yeah, we, we want to do that, too. Yeah, no, well, you're right. No, there's a a lot of there's a lot of weird contradictions in the in the American voters mind. Um, So uh, let's take you had mentioned Proposition uh, 207. Were you talking about the tax proposition? Or the marijuana, uh, the the marijuana proposition. I just always clarify because people yep. confuse them. I just wanted yep. to make sure we were talking about uh, the same ones. So you're, you're talking about the marijuana proposition. Correct. Right. So we have with us, we've been told since March, this disease that eats lungs and is deadly. And we're going to upend yep. ourselves <laughs> over it on the one hand. Yep. And by upend ourselves, I mean close schools, close businesses, uh, some states more than others, uh, shelter-in-place orders. Um, we're going to upend not only our economy but the world economy that depends upon us and dramatically even live with increased child poverty in Africa by not the tens of millions but the hundreds of millions because of what we're going to do to ourselves over a disease that eats lungs. So mm-hmm. – we have a proposition to more regularize and make more available a product, 50% of which is use, is inhaled with the same toxins and carcinogens in a cigarette yep. that every state which has tried it sees an increase not only of usage but of youth, and, youth, youth usage. Yep. It makes no sense. It shows the lie of one or the other, and it's not the other. It's the first thing. It's 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 an incredibly um, it's an incredible political disassociative disorder that that we Americans have. 
we have, by the same token, if you wanted to discuss the other proposition, the tax one, yep. we, 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 we have a laughing stock of California where we delight in pointing out, conservatives delight in pointing out, you know, the U-Haul studies of and, 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 mm-hmm. and the exoduses out of places like California where people move to places like Texas and Arizona, I guess Nevada as well. And what do they do but bring those values they fled with them and input and 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 uh, instantiate and place them here? So there's this. It's it's a cognitive dissonance and a dissociative so disorder a, because we don't communicate well. That's I think right, it's on I us. Have an input I on that think one. it. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's on us. So yeah, and it is. So there's a there's a difference in disparity though. In in and I've been running across this politically with, with all the people you talk about or talk with in, in, within the Republican Party and our conservative side. A lot of people that flee from your Chicago, your New Jersey, New York's, Minnesota's, they flee here, one, to get away from the snow, but they typically are political refugees, right? They're fleeing that high taxes. The political and economic. Yeah, standard. sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But a lot of the Californians that are coming here and I, I you know, in, in the city of Chandler and, and we're a growing, growing, you know, hub of, of economic development. But we're seeing a lot of California transplants come here because their jobs move. There's a lot of that. I have to, yes, that's an important parenthesis to what I said. A lot of people move not by choice, right? Their their job. Correct. And I think that's why we're seeing that. It's why it's not so drastic. But we are seeing that in, and that's why I'm like the talking heads. I talk to as many people as I can and remind them that your business moved here for a reason. You may not like those policies that we have But you here. clearly you like having a paycheck, service, right? But you like having a paycheck. Right. And unless you want to move again in two to three years because of the 208s and the other crop mm-hmm. schools or whatever, you're going to be moving again to the last vestiges that may be of conservatism, which could be Texas or you know somewhere else. <laughs> I think it might be Florida at this point, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, whoever whoever's the first to pull their head out of it, right, butt, right. right. But, um, you know, but to have that realization, South Dakota, and, maybe and, we're all moving to South well, Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota. Yeah, ooh, yeah, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> no. Not that I don't like the state, right? But, but you get yeah, Christy yeah, Noam and Mount Rushmore. What's not to like? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I was born and raised in the East Valley, and I, I've lived in California. I've lived in Baltimore with the, the Navy, and I've I, you know lived in the East Coast and West Coast, and Arizona is by far when it comes to the climate. And again, the settler mentality right. of, you know, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Let me take care of my family. You know, hey, you know, regulate where you have to, but yep. minimize your impact in my life, right. and we'll get along just fine. Yeah. Did you say you were in the Navy, Renee? I did, yes. Well, thank you for your service and your call. Really smart. You You bet. Love it. Thank you, Seth. Have a good Happy Thanksgiving. You do, too. What a nice call. What a nice set of thoughts. And again, for your service, we thank you much. I only take one supplement, and it's Balance of Nature. And I take it every day, and I get every day 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables, all third-party tested and all the fruits and veggies picked at the peak of ripeness. I can't say enough about it. It keeps me from getting sick. It boosts my immunity, improves my health. Right now, they have free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. Makes a great gift, too, the gift of health. We'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. I... Um, 
usually close with something uplifting. I just I, this is something that's been on my mind all day, and I needed to get it out. I've been I don't know if any of you have been watching this Showtime documentary series on the Reagans. I've been watching it, and it goes back to something I uh, was talking about with David Riaboy, which is the paranoid style in American politics. It's actually more on the left than on the right. It's 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 a good thing to watch because I think all 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 things topical or important from whatever side is worth watching and that we're mature enough and to understand that there's going to be a criticism but there, the effort of this is to criticize Reagan it's it's not uplifting in, in in that sense but just an example I noticed last night they went through about 10 speeches of his over the course of uh, 16 years where he talks about states rights and they had scholar after scholar after scholar after scholar I'd never heard of talking about how that was code for racism. That was the pitch to the white voters, states' rights. And at no point do they ever talk about what states' rights actually means to conservatives. You know, we un- we have a belief here that you have to understand someone as they understand themselves. They never try to understand us as we understand ourselves or as we talk. So they had no interest in delving into that issue any more than they had an interest in showing all of Reagan's great work with minority communities, of which they are legion, going back to even his radio broadcasting days. So I, I'm just I'm just taking an account now, as the left likes to tell us, we're the conspirators, we're the conspiracy theorists. I'm just writing down examples. Maybe we'll go through some more tomorrow. If you watch that series, it's good because it's Reagan, but beware. And... Uh, Think about how maybe we can fix it. We had to cancel our Reagan library tour due to COVID problems. We're thinking about when the sun comes up, doing it again. So stay tuned on all that and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Larry Elder coming up next. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class dismissed.